The Lessons Learned for Vets podcast is proud to be brought to you by AFMA, the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Established in 1879, they are the longest standing nonprofit association empowering military families with affordable financial solutions for generations. Offering life insurance, wealth management, mortgages, survivor assistance, and other benefits, AFMA is here to support you through every stage of life. AFMA is dedicated to helping service members be financially and logistically ready for life after the military. To support you in this process, AFMA would like to offer you their free downloadable transition timeline, a step-by-step guide to help you create a comprehensive military transition plan. Let AFMA help you get ready for your next step by visiting afma.com backslash LL4V. That's A-A-F-M-A-A.com slash LL, the number four, V or clicking the link in the show notes. Hey guys, welcome to the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, your military transition debrief from the veteran mentors who have gone before you. My name is Lori Norris, and I've been teaching veterans how to successfully navigate their military transition since 2005. I'm bilingual, but instead of a foreign language, I'm a civilian who speaks the language of all branches of the U.S. military. I've used this unique skill to help thousands of veterans, and today I want to help you navigate the hidden opportunities and unseen risks you may face during your own transition from the military. This is the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast. You, you, you get out into a place that's got no structure. Um, you know, I mean, you sit there and you grab a, a pink shirt with a, with a purple tie and, and black, uh, no, not, not even black, and green pants because you don't know how to dress, <laughs> you know? Or, or if you're a girl, you put on makeup like you're going out to the, cl- like to the club. And it's like, no, you need to, you need to tone that down, honey. Right. This isn't. You know, this ain't Studio 54. You, you know, this is, wow, way to date myself. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't the bar, you know? Right. This is a professional setting. Did you see Shawshank Redemption? I did, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. you remember the old guy? Yep. Who hangs himself? Yep. Why does he hang himself? But he, He's not because outside, right? He can't, he can't mm-hmm. adjust outside. Yeah. So that's a big problem. Um, for a lot of us who, who, who transition out, who aren't prepared. On today's episode of the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, I am excited to welcome Alfredo Torres. Alfredo is the Virginia Transition Assistance Program Regional Coordinator for the Central and Western Region and the Candidate Coordinator for the Higher Vets Now Fellowship Program, which is the first DOD-approved state skill bridge program. Alfredo is a 13-year Navy veteran with a diverse background that ranges from radio personality to EMT and adjunct professor. He talks very openly about how painful his own transition from the military was, and he has turned this experience into serving as the luminary of the VTAP team with one of the most compelling life journeys, as you will hear if you follow him for very long. Alfredo holds several nationally recognized certifications, including global career development as a facilitator, certified career service provider, 
Virginia career coach, certified federal job search trainer, and certified professional resume writer. Although it wasn't planned that way originally, Alfredo and I had so much to talk about that we had to break this down into another two-part episode. So listen in to week one, part one, as we talk about a variety of subjects relating to the military transition. And be sure to tune in next week when Alfredo and I trade tips on the military transition resume. Alfredo, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to have you on the show after talking to you so much on LinkedIn. I'm glad to see you face to face. I am excited to be here, Lori. So um, let's just jump into it. What let's questions go. you got for me? Yeah, I'm not. Come <laughs> on, we're, we're busy people. What do you What do you got? <laughs> so let's just start off by hearing your transition story. So did it go smooth? Was it planned? Did it come at a time when you expected it? Tell us about your transition. My transition story sucked. There's no <laughs> other way to. I I tell people I am, uh, I am the example out of how not to transition. Um, first of all, it wasn't planned. I was in year 13 of what I believe was going to be a 20-year naval career. Um, and I became diabetic. And so I was medically uh, shown the door, as I like Got to it. say. Uh, what happened after that was I had, um, I had a career lined up to go into radio. And so I didn't bother with anything. It's like, I got it. Sure enough, I didn't. Turns out radio didn't make any money. At the same time, I went through a divorce. Um, so now I had to pay child support um, and my children were moved across, were moved across the country. Um, now I got out in 2005. So um, there wasn't the kind of help that's out there now. The sea of right. goodwill was very small. It was more like a pond or a puddle, <laughs> a puddle. of goodwill. Right. <laughs> it was a puddle of goodwill back then. And, and I suffered from a lot of the same things that a lot of transitioning service members and veterans suffer from pride and ego and, and, and shame of, I'm not going to talk about that. I need help. And, you know, what kind of sailor am I? And, and, and so I suffered needlessly is really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. um, I have PTSD. Uh, I didn't know about it at the time. Um, in hindsight, I realize it, but it was, yeah, it was it, mostly, it was just, it was pride. It was not asking for help. Uh, again, not knowing where to look for help, mm -hmm. not knowing the, not knowing the full scope of my benefits and also not preparing, not, not networking, you know, things that people talk about today, they didn't talk about 15 years ago, you know, so networking, mentoring. Back in 2005, when you left the Navy, obviously the transition process was very different. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest differences you see from 2005 to what's available today? Going from the puddle to the sea of goodwill. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of, it, it, it's, you, it's almost the reverse. Like before you couldn't find anything. And now there's so many things that are out there that it's confusing. If you're not doing your research, you know, um, everybody wants to help. The reality is not everybody's qualified to help. Um, everybody thinks they know what a veteran is. Everybody thinks, you, you know, that you have the stereotypes of veterans. So people want to go help and they think everybody's a Navy SEAL or, or, or Delta Force, you know, and they think everybody's, uh, you know, gun ho and ready to shoot everybody in the world. And, 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 you know, we've all seen our best friend die blown up next to us. And the majority of veterans aren't that at all. 
a lot of programs are dedicated or directed in that way and and as well they should uh but there's not that's not the only you know that's not the only category of veteran or of military um so with everything being kind of geared that way and again so much of it is out there um it's easy for an admin person supply person to kind of come out and not feel that they could go to any of this because you know they don't consider themselves a wounded warrior doesn't apply to them in their mind no no, they feel it doesn't Mm -hmm. right in their mind right yeah right Mm -hmm. right well and i think that that's one of the problems is like there is no like veteran that fits in this box and is all the same right and i think that that's a mistake you know let's be real about it And, and i did logistics so i could talk about this what's sexy to the public is it is it the guy who's out there, uh, and, and I said that on purpose, the guy who's out there, you know, uh, carrying his buddy, it, it, you know, dressed up in, it, with all the, uh, the rock and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. or, or, or is it the, the guy sitting in an office ordering paper? <laughs> what's, you know, what's right. the sexy, you know? So, yeah, nobody, so that's, you know, the bad part is that that, that feeds into the stereotypes. You know, and then you get somebody like me, 100% disabled, have PTSD, but I'm not a combat veteran, okay? Um, because you can get PTSD without getting shot at. You know, yeah. you can you 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 can you can have disabilities without having to have been in Iraq or Iran, right? And but the image is is that you know, and so a lot of a lot of people suffer in silence because they don't feel that they need to go out there or, or they don't feel comfortable talking about. So lots of differences in the amount of resources available, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and although there are more resources available, I feel like the process of transitioning still has a lot of similarities today, much like it did in 2005. You said, I wasn't prepared, right? I yeah. didn't know where to turn, you know, so- thought I had it in the bag. You sure. said, right? and, and, and that's still an issue today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, you know, we're connected on LinkedIn. You see a lot of the stuff that I post and we have a lot of the same network. Uh, we have a lot of same people in our network. And, you know, what's the one thing you see all the time? Start early, start early, start early. Mm-hmm. You know, and people saying start early. I, I, I'm six months out. That's early. No, <laughs> you know, we're telling people 24 months, you know, <laughs> With other people who are 12 months out, you're already behind the curve, you know? Um, back then, it there was no discussion, period. It's like, you know, we we, we had what we called uh, the 100-day countdown. You know, in our ball caps in the Navy, we would write 100 days, like the, the one to 100, and then we just cross them out as we got closer, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, when you were within 30 days, you got short-timers attitude, and you, you didn't do anything. And nobody asked you to do anything. That was it. Nobody thought about, hey, you know, what are you going to do? When I get out, I'm, I'm going to, oh, you're getting out? What are you going to do? I'm going to grow a beard. <laughs> uh, you know? I'm going to grow a beard. Oh, so, you know. uh, yeah. <laughs> and then some. And then some. So um, what are maybe some of the common struggles that you see in veterans today? I mean, you and I both talk to veterans all day long, every day. Sure. What do you see? Common struggles that I see, and and you know, I'm I'm in a different space than you, so so let's see, if, let, let's bounce a list off each other and see if it's the same thing that you see. <laughs> I see um, lack of preparedness. 
is, yep. is, is a big one. I see lack of self-awareness is a big one. Um, where, yeah, they don't know what, well, no, not that they, well, that, that's, that's a big one too. They don't know what they want to do, but they, they don't know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Right. Got it. When I say that's, that's what I mean by self-awareness. So they don't know when to ask for help. If they, if, if they bother to ask at all, um, they don't know how to, how to talk to civilians, how to be in a civilian world. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't realize, and I say this to, uh, you know, I teach resume writing and all, all, all other kinds of stuff. And I say this to, to veterans, or, excuse me, transitioning service members all the time. Um, I say you're institutionalized. You're, you're, you're just like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that, they kind of look at me like, what do you mean? I'm not in jail. No, you're not in jail. But the military tells you when to wake up, when to go to bed, what to eat. Uh, what what to wear, how to shave, how to talk to people. Um, there's punishments if you break any of the rules. You have a rank structure where you, um, you know, you talk to a, a person who's superior to you, different than you talk to a person who who um uh, you're superior to or is one of your subordinates. Um, right. you, you get you get an evaluation annually, and and that evaluation. You're judged on things like your physical fitness. Uh, you know, you're told you're too fat and you need to exercise, or you're too skinny and you need to eat more. Nobody's going to tell me. You, you're not going to tell me, Alfredo, you're too fat. You're just, you know, you need to exercise. You're just going to go, man, you're fat. And that's it. <laughs> you know, and and if and if and if you tell me, you know, you need to exercise, but tell you, no, none of your business. You know. <laughs> you know? So the military tells you all this, and then you get out and you're lost. Mm-hmm. You, you you get out into a place that's got no structure. Um, you know, I mean, you sit there and you grab a, a pink shirt with a with a purple tie and, and black, uh, no, not, not even black, and green pants because you don't know how to dress, <laughs> you know? Or, or if you're a girl, you put on makeup like you're going out to the cl- like to the club, and it's like, no, you need to you need to tone that down, honey. Right. This isn't, you know, this ain't Studio Fifty Four. You, you know, this <laughs> is wow. Way to date myself. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't the bar. You know, right. this is a professional setting. Did you see Shawshank Redemption? I did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You remember the old guy? Yep. Who hangs himself? Yep. Why does he hang himself? But he, he's not because outside, right? He can't he can't mm-hmm. adjust outside. Yeah. So that's a big problem um for a lot of us who, who who transition out who aren't prepared. I actually just recorded an episode earlier talking about suicide and um, I spoke with someone who actually tried to take her life. And I, I, I really yeah. believe that the preparation and knowing what's coming your way is a big part of, of alleviating that. And so I can't Think we, I don't think we can solve all the obstacles for veterans, but I think we can make them aware of the obstacles that are headed their way and give them the tools and knowledge they need to overcome them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, you know, I, I, I was suicidal. I, 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 twice I went to go and do it. Um, and I live my life in a way where I don't have to go through the whole process of, of what a lot of people do mentally um, to prepare to, to, you know, to do suicide. I give away my stuff all the time. I'm a firm believer in uh, 
you know, I have a lot of nice stuff because of my radio career. And I don't know if you see all I got nice posters and stuff that's all autographed and stuff. And, um, and I give them away all the time. And the reason I give them away is just because that's uh, when, once you've lost everything twice, which I have, and I mean everything, um, you tend not to care about your possessions. And so eventually I give everything away. So people never, the two times I got ready to do it, people never knew that I was ready to, because that's one of the big signs is, you know, you try to clear up your debt, you, you, you get away, you give away your stuff. And the issue, I think, when it comes to suicide, dealing with what I, uh, what I went through and also what the transition and where we come from as warriors, and make no mistake, we're all warriors. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're the cook. I don't care if you're the Navy SEAL. We're all warriors because at any point, anybody's got to be able to grab a gun and shoot it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we don't want to show that weakness. And and for us, I I honestly believe that the mindset is suicide is not weakness. Um, and I think that's a reason a lot of people kind of go to that. Uh, even though we could, we you know, it, it's kind of like going down a dark. Day. I don't want to, I don't want to take it, uh, take it there. But I think the inability to cope with the civilian world affects transitioning service members in devastating ways and not just at suicide but in divorce in uh, in alcohol and drug abuse in homelessness you'll see the number of veterans is 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 high above the national average um for all of those statistics you know so uh, and i think a lot of it deals with transition because we become like that that guy in shawshank redemption right we don't we, we go out and and we just don't fit in. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of SkillBridge. Is SkillBridge, for those of you who don't know it, it's, it's a DOD-approved internship program, we'll call it. And it gives you a chance to, to intern at a company. And so you get out into the real world for 6, 12, 20 weeks, depending mm-hmm. on the program. And so now you're dressing as a civilian. You're interacting as a civilian. You're working a 9 to 5 like a civilian. Right. You know, and, and most Skillbridge programs will connect you with a, uh, a veteran mentor. So you got somebody who's already successfully navigated this, this, this whole thing that you're going through, who, could, who you could talk to. And I think that um, if, if we could get the word out about Skillbridge and have mm-hmm. more people taking advantage of it, then I think that that would do a lot for our numbers, uh, bringing them down. I wish it could be a mandatory program. I wish they would, every veteran could go through it. I know it's not possible. It's uh, not the I culture. Pe- people are still getting denied. I just talked to a colonel the other day who's general denied their participation. It's, it's so. the culture. It, it, here, here's here, my opinion. My opinion. Okay. First of all, it starts with the, with the leadership. Okay. You have to feel the pain of transitioning. You have to feel the worry of, oh, my God, this is almost over. What am I going to do? And if you feel it at the leadership position, you tend to take care of your people better. Right. You know, and that and I think that's a lot of the problem is you got these guys who are in here for who are in there for life. You know, at the 23 year mark, they're not getting out till 30 and they're thinking about operational commitment. Mm -hmm. You know. 
And the reality is, yeah, they don't care because they don't have to, they're not going through it themselves. It's not affecting and, them. No, it's not, yeah. you know, and, and I was talking to somebody about it the other day. And I said, you know, the reality is I, I was on submarines and, and the reality is that, you know what? Operational commitment can um, be met temporarily without Joe Saylor or, or, or Johnny Soldier there. When I, being on subs, when we're out to sea and we're X amount of miles off the coast of somewhere we're not supposed to be and somebody dies, we don't leave. We don't stop the mission. We throw them in stop. the freezer. Mm-hmm. We take them, throw them in the freezer. We rear, we, we, <laughs> it's what we do. I, you know, um, we rearrange the watch bill so that everything is covered, right? Um, it's inconvenient, but we don't, but you know, the mission goes on. And then when we get back, we get the replacement body, right? And we bring them up to speed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, th- you, you know, that that's what we do. So to say, that you can't lose this guy for six months is BS. Yeah, I agree. You know, especially when you know that they're coming in. And they're going to be gone anyway. So you're going to have to replace them. Right, right. But maybe it's six months sooner than you expected, but you're going to have to replace that person. They don't, but they don't care about that. And, 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 And they could sit there and yap all they want. Oh, we care about personnel. We care about, no, you don't. You care about op tempo and that's fine. And that's 100, be honest about it. Right, Right. Mm -hmm. be honest about it. Don't sit there and tell me that you care about me as a person. And I'm telling you, I'm moving, I'm in Virginia. I'm moving to Iowa. I got to move my family. I got to find the job. You know, I got to try to get settled. And I'm asking for this opportunity. And you're saying no. Yeah. You know, it, it, it goes to say, even denying, denying terminal leave. Oh, we can't give you terminal leave because- you know, uh, we still got to make the deployment. Well, I'm not going to be on the deployment. Yeah, well, but we still need you up until that point. I didn't even know that was an option to deny oh, terminal. Oh, leave. yeah, they could deny it. They could yeah. deny it. I've, I've seen people deny it, <laughs> you know, or cut it down. So uh, until you get that mindset out and you're never going to get it out, yeah. never will, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult thing. Can I ask a question as someone who has faced those dark times that had those thoughts of, of suicide. Do you feel like just if you were able to have talked about it first, about how you were feeling about what led up to that, do you, do you think that that would have helped? Do I think that would help the average person? Yes. Do I think it would help me? No, I'm very open. As you've seen on, on, on LinkedIn, you know, I'm open about all of my issues. I'm very self-aware. Um, so talking about it wouldn't have helped me, but the average person, yeah, it would help mm-hmm. because they keep it, they keep it all bottled up. I'll give you an example. Do you know why nobody ever bursts out in happiness? <laughs> because you don't store it. You don't yeah. push it down mm-hmm. when you're happy. Bam. Hey, everybody. Yeah. You're laughing. You're, 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 you're <laughs> smiling right like right now. Right. Yep. You're not forcing that down, but now you force anger down. You mm-hmm. force frustration down. You, you force all the negativity down. And what happens is eventually it's going to, it's, it's got to come out eventually. Right. It's got to come out. Festers, right? It, yeah. You know, right. 
festers and grows well, that's and what, makes it worse. That, that, but yeah. but that's what I mean when it's going to come out. It's, it's it's festering, and on top of that, you're adding more to it, right? And so when it comes out, bam, it it, it comes out. Yeah. So um, I agree. I, I think for a lot of people, if they were to talk about it, it's like that relief valve. Yep. Exactly. So, so yeah. you're letting out that pressure, uh-huh. you know. And sometimes for a lot of people, it's you don't even need to talk in the sense of if someone's talking to you, you just need to listen. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need you to solve their problems. They just need an outlet to be able to right. release that pressure valve, right? So, right. Well, let's talk a little bit about military culture and civilian culture and the differences. You talk a lot on LinkedIn mm-hmm. about learning a new culture, learning a new language, learning to adapt, right? To right. the civilian private sector world, if right. you will. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about your, okay. your thoughts on that subject. My thoughts are easy. You will adapt to civilian culture. I used to have, when I was in boot camp, I had a, a, a company commander he used to yell at us all the time because we were a screw up company, <laughs> you know? So he'd say, you will adapt to military standards. You will adapt to civilian standards, depending on, and, and I say this all the time too, depending on who you believe, three to 7% of the population has served in the military. So what does that mean? That means that 93 to 97% have not. So when we look at it that way, I was in the Navy. When I had to relieve myself, I went to the head. (laughs) Army goes to the latrine. 93 to 97% of the population goes to the bathroom. So who's going to adapt? Right. We in the military are part of the the, the 3 to 7%, and we don't even speak the same language. A captain to me is a full bird. It's an 06. Captain mm-hmm. to an army guy is an 03. Uh, you know, 03 to me is a lieutenant. Yeah. So, uh, so, so we're not even speaking the same language. And we're part of that, that 3 to 7%. So who's going to adapt? We are. Or, or we're not going to have an easy... Yeah, we have to. Or, or we're mm-hmm. not going to have an easy time out in life. You know? Agreed. And you think that that's adapting in how you converse with people, right? So in your interview, um, in your conversations with networking, it's adapting in your resume, on your LinkedIn profile, all of those things really need to be adapted, don't they? Sure. And and it starts with you understanding that you're more than a, a, a military member. Yep. It comes to, I think, finding, like you said earlier, the self-awareness, right? And knowing yeah. who you are apart from the military. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. In the Navy, a bosun's mate. We call them boats, right? Those are the guys who steer the ship and and do all the line handling and all the, right? Well, when you come in, E1, your boats, you sit there and you're painting the deck and you're chipping paint, you're doing all this stuff, right? By the time you're E5, E6, E7, you know, second class, first class petty officer, chief petty officer, senior, you haven't chipped paint in ages. You haven't steered a, a, a ship in ages yet you still consider yourself a bosun mate. Meanwhile, what you are is you're a leader, you're a mentor, you're a counselor. You have a host of collateral duties, right? Where you could have been a career counselor, you could have been a safety person, you could have did training. Mm -hmm. Um, All these other QA, all these other things that you don't associate with your job, 
which has now become your identity that you can do. And so now as you're getting ready to transition out, you, you know, I, I say, okay, you know, talking to me. Okay. So what are you or, or what do you do? I'm a bosun's mate. Well, let's make it easier for, for those of you who aren't sailors. I'm a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a mechanic. When's the last time you turned the wrench? Oh, gee, it's been 15 years. <laughs> Guess what, guy? You're not a mechanic anymore. You're not a machinist mate. Right. You know? Um, yeah, no, you're a supervisor. You're a leader. You know, part of what allows me to do my job is that, and I, and I started as a submarine yeoman. So as a submarine yeoman, I was uh, essentially um, exe- an executive assistant, okay? And I did that, and I did legal. And then I became an aviation storekeeper, so I did supply. So what makes me be able to be a career coach today or career counselor? Right. I did 13 years as a divisional career counselor, as a collateral duty. But yet when I got out, I was looking for jobs in supply because I just finished nine years as aviation storekeeper, never thinking that, hey, I got more experience helping people process, you, you know, the journey of getting out than I do issuing widgets. Right. And maybe he didn't but, like issuing widgets and you really like. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's when it's even worse. <laughs> right. You know, you get that with a, with a lot of like infantrymen. Oh, what were you as an infantryman? You're E9. When's the last time you did a, <laughs> you know, you're not an infantryman. Really you haven't been infantryman. Yeah. You, you know? Um, and, and uh, okay, so you're going to get out. What are you going to do? You're going to march around with, you know, with a rifle going uphill 10 miles a day or, you, you know, no. All right. Well, well, even an E4 you know? infantryman is so much more than, you know, an infantryman. They're still... Um, have so many more transferable skills than that. Sure, and and it's and what's amazing is is that when you talk to them, you know, and this is another problem with perception. Person joins in 18, fresh out of high school. They do four years, right? They decide the military isn't out. They're done with the military. They're going to get out. They're 22 years old. By that time, if they came in as an E1, there's a good chance they were E5. Mm They could make E5. So what's an E5? E5 is an NCO, okay? And and E5 is a person who started to do leadership, who has started to, you know, be put in charge of people, has started to do planning. If if they work on stuff, they're starting to become subject matter experts. Who are you going to go to? You know, I got to go to this guy, uh, the E5. He knows what, what to do. He knows where to get the information, right? At 22. Think about that at 22. What's the average 22-year-old? Either they just graduated from college, so they know about drinking, yep. right? Or and hooking up, or they went to work at McDonald's and not and not and I'm not knocking it, but now four years later, they're in a they're a manager at McDonald's. And there's good money there. But you haven't had a person who's been in a life and death situation who, who might have had to make those decisions. Right. Um, you, you don't have a person who, and, and, and mind this, we, we face danger, whether we go to Iraq and I, and Iran and, and, and Afghanistan or not, we, we face danger when we were on subs, you know, every time we, we went down, fingers crossed, we're coming back up, you know, <laughs> um, you know, every ship that goes out, every, every time you do a training exercise, you know, how many times do you, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so so there's danger there all the time. So the responsibility of the average 22-year-old in the military is a hundredfold 
from a, from, from their civilian counterpart. And I think like the biggest struggle is how to how do I capture that on a resume? How do I capture that on my LinkedIn? How do I talk about that? And and I think that is something that they often struggle with, right? Right. So right. Um, I want to well, talk well, to you about the resume. So I, you and I last time we talked, you said I believe that no veteran should ever pay money for a resume. No. And I told nope. you that I contend that free right. resumes are not the answer. Right? right. So I feel like we need some common ground because I, I don't feel like the copy paste template mass produced free resume is doing anyone any good. I believe that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. It, it's a launch pad, but let, let's talk about that because the resume is a stumbling block. Right. Well, I warned you this was going to be a two-parter. And that wraps up part one for today. Be sure to come back next week to hear more insights and valuable information from Alfredo Torres. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Lessons Learned for Vets. If you learned just one lesson today that you believe can help smooth your path during your transition from the military, then I have done my job. If you haven't already, please click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a review and share our podcast with your friends. Connect with me on LinkedIn and join the Lessons Learned for Vets Facebook community to tell me what lesson you learned today. See you next time.